welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded. Land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Hendry Budderman at CODA. I met Hendry when I was writing an article for Broadsheet about the new direction of CODA and Tonka, now that co-owner and executive chef Adam De Silva has moved on. I really love the way he talked about food and the different restaurant experiences he's had, which ultimately keep bringing him back to CODA. Coda will always be one of my favourite Melbourne restaurants because it was the first restaurant I went to when I first moved here in 2011. I went in by myself and I was so well looked after, the food was so delicious and I just loved the semi-basement vibe. I've been back a lot over the years and I recommend it whenever I can. Hendry got me a coffee and we sat down for a chat just before lunch service on a Wednesday. He told me he'd come in on his bike and we talked about how it was a great way to start and finish the day. Cycling in gets the blood pumping and cycling home is a good way to decompress. While I'd been waiting for Hendry to organise the coffee, I'd been looking around the restaurant and the decor's just the same as when I first came in and it struck me the code is the same now, but it's also different. So my first question really cuts to the chase, which Hendry dealt with beautifully, as he did all my questions. I knew I'd love talking to Hendry again and I had such a lovely time. Good, how are you? Nice Good. to see you again. Yeah, when I sit down in a restaurant, yeah, so it's sure. a bit more quiet. Sure. You've been well? Yes. Good, thank you. Yeah, and how did the 14th birthday? Mm. Oh, great. Oh, so thank you. That's so fast. Yeah. We always make coffee before we start, before we start. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, I think, don't you? It's always at the start. Yeah. Oh, it's chilly out there. I know. I'll ride in today. It was nice. That's how far? Uh, 13k. Okay. It's pretty yeah. decent. Reservoir. Okay. Yeah. It's a good way to start the day. It's always best. Yeah. And just keep moving and get the heart pumping. Because another chef I spoke to, Joe Varghetto, who's yeah. got um, Mr. Bianco in Q, okay. he, he does a lot of cycling as well. Yeah. And, um, oh. I think it's probably quite good, isn't it, to get, you know, get, as you say, get yeah, the blood get, moving. Yeah, get, get the blood moving stuff. first thing. And then the first thing you do come into the kitchen, you're into it. Like, get the prep done, get the yeah. orders, everything. It's like, oh, cycling coffees and, you know. By the time you realise it's 11 o'clock yeah. and lunch is starting in an hour. Yeah, wow. And, and I guess too, um, cycling home at the end of the night might be a nice way to decompress. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one talking to you. Yeah. You're by, by yourself. That's yeah. good though because um, the one, the, the road of cycling to home, the St. George's Road has that middle path where you just chill. Oh, you're nice. No cars, by mm. yourself at night. Not very good when it's raining, but... No. But at night, it's really nice and calm. Yeah. Yeah, it's no one, no one talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Calm. <laughs> um. Good for you. <laughs> mm. Something I didn't ask you when we chatted before, yeah. it just occurred to me now, I was thinking about, um, you know, when people live together mm. and then um, they live together for a long time and then they get married and people yeah. ask, does it feel different? I wondered whether you've pretty much been the head chef for a long time, but you've had someone else there is you know above you yeah does it feel different now 
Uh, I think it feels slightly different. Yeah. Regarding of um, you know that that someone is not there anymore to watch um, what you're doing anymore. Yeah. Um, and in also vice versa. I vice versa is um, I don't have anyone to rely on when something breaks. So it I kind of like passed to me now. Yeah. Like all the responsibilities. If, for example, back in the day when um, first year started, um, I would just, if something breaks, I was like, Adam, can you like find someone to fix this? Or yeah. can you help me buy a new machine? Or, you know. Yeah. But now it's a bit more like, I need a new machine soon. It's kind of like predict like, oh, my fryer is breaking up. So I'll be like, okay, let's make some money. And then actually fry out. <laughs> it's yeah, a bit right. more like amateur into that stage where like it's kind of like given a pocket money sort of like you have to earn some kind of like rich funds, <laughs> like uh, earn a bit of money on a bit of like uh, something like maybe a trust from Michael and then um, he's like okay cool I'll give you a fry. Yes. Some yeah. things like that. I think it's just a mature everyone in the kitchen a bit more. Yeah. But in, in the same way Adam Adam usually wasn't that often in the kitchen and yeah. that, that's kind of like what happened to to everybody like especially me as we're not starting to rely on him so much because it's like I can't just rely on someone that I couldn't yeah. count on and it start to gradually improve from there yeah yeah mm. Mm. and then I was also thinking about some of the things we talked about before yeah. um, I was walking down George Parade and I realised how close all the many of the restaurants you've worked in I know, it's very embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't move very far. It's just like a stone throw away, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. Apart from lawn. Yeah, You really branched lawn. out with yeah. lawn, but yeah. Yeah. But let's maybe just go back to the start, because I'm really fascinated by the fact that you didn't set out to be a chef. You went mm. to uni first. Yeah. So um, just tell me a little bit about how that happened. So, uh, yeah. Well, first, it first started, uh, I don't really know what I'm doing after high school. Um, my VC was really bad. I couldn't get to any course that I really want. I mean, not I really want, but what most people kind of like kids would talk is, oh, you know, I'm going to uh, do computer science, I'm going to do accounting. It's like, I couldn't even get through that course. So I was, the only course I can do is just business, like standard business. So I just did that, see where it takes me. And back in uni, I tend to do a lot of home cooking because just going out is quite difficult to actually money-wise and a bit too expensive to go out every day. Yeah. So I start to like just cook at home and cook for my brother because he doesn't cook. So he lived up to me um, to do all the cooking and we just started like playing fun, like simple cooking, omelette, rice, um, calling my mom, say, how do you do this? And it start from there and gradually I feel like, oh, you know, this is quite fun. And I landed my, I was looking for a job. Um, then I landed my first job in Starbucks. Right. Yeah. Back then, Starbucks was a massive hit. My, <laughs> yeah. my first job was in City Square. Uh, made a, uh, quite a few hospitality people there. Um, some of, one of my good friends of mine, he's in um, Japan, that's doing, working for Intercontinental Hotel. Okay. So he, he's like the, um, the general manager there. And just keep talking about hospitals and then we start to hang out at the pub next door and start eating good food. And I was like, hey, this is quite nice. And I was like, oh, maybe I should try working in the kitchen. Like, maybe trying to get um, some sort of like kitchen experience. I don't care what it is. I just want to see like how it feels like working in the kitchen. And yeah, just starting up 
hospitality course. Yeah. The school that I told you was shut down. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't, I didn't actually study, like really well, because I know like, if I'm into, um, the, the profession I want, I don't feel like studying in school. It's, it's a burden. My my um my grade was really good. I don't need to study because I I it's the passion of what I want to learn. So I want to learn that. I want to learn that. So everything like sucked into it, and you remember very well. And I I got my first job in a sort of the post of dishwasher, working with Nepalese. That time they were really good. Um, of course, back then it's a bit difficult with um, I think Darren was the head chef. Um, really into the British kind of like teaching where like a lot of yelling, a lot of. Yeah, back into houses. Yeah, so much. I feel really scared when I come to work. Three o'clock, because I finish at two. Yeah, like from eight till two. Yes. And I start at three. Three till we were probably two till eleven. That goes about five yeah. days. Yeah. Oh my god, you must have been exhausted. Oh, I think that time it was exhausted. But the the one that makes me not coming to work is not about being exhausted from work because the money was good. Michael Tanashi was a really good boss. He paid pretty good money. Um, but it's the it's the experience working with like really, really crazy like chef. I mean, he teach me a lot in a way, but really kind of like discipline and you know back in the day, it feels like working for Golden Rams. But I shouldn't say that. But I, mean, <laughs> I mean, not no one want to work that kind of. No. You know, you heard stories. I'm sure yes. regarding that. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same story. I keep telling all my apprentices. Like you know, you guys have the good, good generation now where yes. you have to experience this kind of like abuse um, yeah so I was there for six years in the kitchen because I like it um, yeah. it's, it's, they start to kind of like um, acknowledge and respect because you stay a lot you you, 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 um, you improve and you just want to get better yeah and um, yeah that's what happens and then it wasn't Darren that he left a few years later but it was Daniel that actually told me that I got nothing to teach you yes you better get out of here and I think I made the right move to just get out. And that was a, a happy coincidence as well, in a way, wasn't it? Because mm. he said he'd just eaten here, had he? Or he'd seen that Coda had opened or something? Yeah, he eaten here because he eat a lot. He, he's he eaten everywhere. He, he likes to eat. Um, and he just like, you should go to Coda. I think it's, it signals who you are in there. Yeah. It tells you, I think you should go there. I was like, yeah, I start to feel a bit more comfortable in the other side of the postal because yes. I don't want to move. I feel like, oh, but then he said, just go. If you don't like it, then I can recommend it some other places. I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give it a try, which I did. And when you first came here, you know, um, we talked about the fact of it, it not really being fusion, but yeah. being Vietnamese mm. and French mm. and then some kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Intertwined Italian. Intertwined yeah. Italian. <laughs> So when you came here, um, was I don't know, was it hard to understand the food or did it all make sense because of the context and because of what Adam was doing at the time and so on? Like, mm. how, what was your first impression of the kitchen? I think I got the, when, when, when I first came in and I told Adam, like, look, I work in this little puzzle. Adam loved um, people that came from Italian kitchen because he, he's, he has a great passion of Italian food. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Which, that saves my ass for a bit. <laughs> uh, 
keep we keep talking a lot of Italian cuisine. Like I know um, quite a bit of detail about like how Italian people respect about you know this is carbonara, you know no cream. It's like he's like oh you know you know what he's talking about. I was like yeah cool. So he kind of like oh this guy is like pretty good. But then when I for the Italian part because we have we used to have like prosciuttos and we we'll have mozzarella making here. Um, we used to have like uh, what's how delicious that is. I think some sort of like a like a terrine, some sort of, it's not Italian, but they're kind of like a very Euro style of um, food. So I'm quite familiar with that. But then the one I'm not familiar is the Vietnamese side and the Asian side of it. Because mm. I feel like, hey, this is something new because I never actually done Vietnamese food or Thai food in here. So actually I'm learning yeah. from here regarding the cuisine that Adam's doing. Mm. Then going by myself to outside the restaurants and finding out what's going on with this restaurant. I see. I yeah. See, yeah. So the Italian part, the Euro part, that's pretty easy. Yeah. But then when I get, when I introduce about the um, steamed fish, ginger, it's like that's quite new. Yeah. And I feel like, well, this is this is what I've been eating, like a little bit of like familiarity, a bit of like um, history. Um, when I was have, when I was a small, when I was a kid, my grandma's cooking and stuff to kick back then, uh-huh. and I feel like, hey, this is a uh, very familiar flavor. Yes, and I was like, I quite like this restaurant because it, I'm comfortable with the Italian, but then I'm learning, I'm learning the Asian side of it, yeah, in the, at the same time, which like I don't feel like I need to move to Asian restaurant. I got the best of both worlds because I'm comfortable <laughs> in Italian, and then you got the Asian cuisine that you you are learning, and you are, you actually like can do both yeah you know in some sort and i was interested in what you said about um how it's always been about the f- um freedom of cooking mm, here mm. at coda could mm. you elaborate a little bit on that what do you mean by that uh the coda when i when uh it started when adam started to um quite get quite busy with um his surgery life and uh when i got the head chef position there's been um, quite a bit of pressure to hey chef let's change the menu and this and, and for me when I when I first got the gig is I wanna show my case so show my signature I mean uh, all the chef wanted to and I don't really know a lot of um, cuisine that what Adam's like what he wants to do put on a plate but I know like what I like to eat mm. so when I started to cook the dishes it starts to have um, a bit more freedom of like what I want to put inside and people start to like, you know, hey that works that's, that's different um, it doesn't have to stick with French bit and bit anymore I right. start to kind of like evolve into like what I really want to eat or when I, when I going out and I had like something really fun or like really amazing kind of garnish I was like oh this is nice this can be going to another one yeah. And you start to pr- implement that ideas into some sort of on a menu. Yes. And everything just works. Some sort. And with the coda identity and the DNA, be like, hey, we used to be the Italian and French. <laughs> and or Italian and uh, French and Vietnamese. Why why can't we do um, this kind of like freedom to cook? Yeah. At that time. Or when during the we- the when the weather gets a bit colder we do this and then I'm sure everyone will be craving for what yeah. we are cooking right now. I mean, I guess too, when you've built up trust with diners and mm. they understand, yeah, that's right, so the concept of coda doesn't need to be pinned down to a certain type of cuisine, but maybe a certain wa- way of going about things. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. I, I think I think it mature into that stage where people knows that it's not about the cuisine anymore. I think it's about um, if we actually do a dish, it, it is going to be that dish that's really good instead mm. of like having a dish that dictate by a cuisine. Mm. Like when I, when I was in Tonka, it dictates, Indian cuisine dictates what I can cook. Mm. So I, what, I, what I need to cook is, has to be Indian inspired yeah. cooking. So it kind of like cuisine dictates me to cook that restaurant, yeah. which I don't really like. Yeah. So with Koda, it's like, I wanted to cook what diners wanted want to eat, instead of like a cuisine to dictate what we wanted to eat. Yeah. Did Lee Ho Fook help that kind of, um, where did that fit into it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did that help with It helps that? with my, uh, it helps with the technique of cooking. Uh-huh. Victor is a very smart chef. Yeah. Like he taught me a lot. Yeah. He taught me a lot of um, how does the work. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of been like, it, uh, it's kind of feel when I went to Liho, I know, I feel like, oh, I know this, I know that, but it's not, it kind of, I bring myself down and like start relearning again of, about Chinese cuisine, mm. which he really brings me up to that, um, uh, into that stage where like, oh, this is how the Cantonese did it, this is how the, the, um, the Sichuan, the Northern people did it. Um, it's just a lot of knowledge that he tells. He's just not telling about also um, just Chinese cuisine, but he also had inspiration from from France or from um, during that time I think he's quite Japanese inspired Chinese that's what he's trying to um, achieve during that yeah. time but I think now he, he really into mainstream on Chinese cuisine Cantonese um, a bit of that northern um, Chinese cuisine that he has with I think Zhao Zhao with you I think he did that one in Nomad okay. I think he was helping him okay. so he taught me a lot not just um, technique of, um, of course he did work with Mark Best, but he had that DNA of Mark where he taught a lot of, um, there's a flavor profile of Chinese cuisine that mimic also the French cuisine, like the Palo Ranch. Cantonese, we also put orange in our ah. roster. Yeah, so there are similarities. Um, and, and taking that context, um, is we, he, what he create is, Hey, we can actually make Chinese cuisine great, not not being um, labeled as um kind of like a cheaper food option. For, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Australians. I yeah. think that's what you try to do. Yeah, right. So, yeah. what's the timeline? So you you're at Coda and then for so, yeah. So I was at Coda for I think about a year, and then I left for Spice Temple opening because Spice. Oh yes. Spice was open twenty twelve. I think. Wait, I might be wrong. I did the opening with Spice. I did that for about six to eight months. And then um, I got called back. Adam just asked me, do you want to take the shipping party job? Is the actual? Yeah. yeah. And, so, and I got some Spice sample kind of like um, ideas of, that's where it started actually, to be honest, like Spice sample Chinese cuisine. That's like, oh, this is, this is cool. Uh, uh, this is kind of bring me to my roots. But Neil does Chinese, um, quite different from what, I, what my thinking of Chinese and I think Neil started it the idea of my inspiration of Chinese but kind of Victor kind of like finesse nice. that technique that um, ideas of what Chinese food should possibly be yeah, that's right. what I think okay yeah wow so Coda Spice Temple Coda yeah. then then 
Tonker or uh, Lee Hofer? Lee Hofer. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't moving around. Lee Hofer in Smith Street. Yeah. And oh, then, Street. Yeah, Smith Street. And they were like opening up in August. So I was also helping Victor open up in August. And uh, Tonka and mm. back to here. Yeah. Yeah. And and in amongst that lawn, and I wondered, I mean, that must must have been such a, well, it was a strange time anyway for us all, but particularly for hospitality yeah. during lockdown. So you made the decision to go with Michael out to lawn yeah. and do like an outpost coda yeah. there. <laughs> it's so was funny. it different cooking in lawn to cooking? Oh, I mean, that's a stupid question because it would have been different cooking because it was lockdown anyway, yeah. but so the whole thing was different. But um, what was it like? <laughs> Definitely, uh, that time was a bit of a challenge because I, I have. Uh, six months old during that time yeah. with, with us so we moved everything to lawn with my uh, daughter six months at that time uh, the idea of lawn was when I first um, approached with the idea of lawn is I, that's where it started to be like I just don't want to do um, Koda food or Adam's food in lawn no um, it has to be different yeah. because um, people Wanna, it, ha- it can be have that signature of crispy prawn and some sort of tate but it's not yeah, it can have that, that curry but it has to be 80% of the menu or 85 has to be different but if they want to come to Koda like they want to have like a Koda experience in the city come to the city if you mm. want to experience it in the, um, on the base side just come to the base side I mean yeah. it has to feel different Yeah, and has to be a lot of seafood oriented um and the food has to be a bit more lighter. And what I um, look during that time in the west side of Victoria, it's not really a good Chinese restaurant, except uh, Geelong. Yeah. So if I'm from Geelong, I want to eat a really good Chinese restaurant, I have to go to Flower Drum in the city. I have to go to Lee Hofok in the city. Uh, but then looking at the target market, it's like, if I, we go into Lawn, we are, we are the only Chinese restaurant in, in the western Victoria. Yeah. That maybe get a hat, <laughs> maybe which we didn't, but we're trying to get a hat. Yeah. Uh, so that's where a lot of that Chinese kind of inspired, like move to Lawn, and we're yeah. doing that. Like less like salt pepper calamari. That's like um, the seven days age roast stuff that we have. That good. and it just brings the people from Geelong into Lawn, and they were happy about it. And yeah. from Apollo Bay coming down, it's like it's the sense of Chinese cuisine, and it's so different. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of like my first thing to do is literally just make a semi Chinese restaurant with Koda kind of DNA into it. Yeah, like keep it, keep it in fun, but not too Chinese because I, I know that people will feel that's not Koda. Yes. So I want to feel like you still come to Koda, yeah. but have that Chinese kind of as um, experience in there too. And so now um, that you're back here in the city and it's your menu and so on, um, what are those things that are perhaps a bit more Chinese-inspired um, or mm. Chinese-focused? Mm. And now uh, it's winter as well, so you're doing heavier, yeah. richer things. So currently, um, I, we did just change the steak. Uh, very China bar style, but it's, it's very good. It's a black pepper beef. Nice. <laughs> so it's... It's just literally black pepper. We make um, black pepper sauce and we add butter. So super, make it like quite heavier than usual. And we put like a lot of um, fried leeks and potatoes and just sit on top. And that's how we do it. Uh, I know that a lot of restaurants also struggling. Um, I just don't feel like our menu in Koda to have a full um, dish that has 
one meat, two vegetables and a side coming together. It has to, some people eat different. That's the reason why we separate the, the, um, the side dishes and you can eat what, how you want to eat. You can oh, have yeah. the beef with fried rice. You can have the beef with just rice. You can have the beef with like French fries. Uh, it's all up to the customers. I think it's the flexibility of how you want to order. And I, I totally agree that by doing that so, we can actually help to bring the food cost down by having, not having that kind of meat and two veg option. Oh, I see, yeah. I think this, it's just a secret trade for, I think most restaurants doing that nowadays. I mean, it's just to cover the cost of some certain dishes. Sure. If they, if they actually bought that, then actually bring the rest of the, the rest, uh, we're not gonna charge like $75 for a steak. We yeah. can charge it, but we can upsell something else. Yeah. That's yeah. how that's that's how uh, the way I think yeah. also and it kind of like this is how most most of the restaurants think nowadays regarding that. Mm. It's just that that's how we survive. Mm. And in terms of your ongoing learning, cause it, it sounds to me like it's someone you're someone who likes to be challenged. Mm. And um, I just saw you did a co- collaboration with someone a dessert restaurant. Oh, Corey, yeah, yeah. Joanne, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was that um. And it feels like that was a friends thing as well. Like they get, she's getting the friends together to do those yeah. different things. Is that something that's important to you to do collaborations or to keep learning from other people? Uh, to be honest, I'm not into pop-ups. No. Um, I rarely do pop-ups. But it's just that um, Jojo is a very good friend of mine. <laughs> and um, she asked me whether if I wanted to do it just to promote her back area yeah. um, to have I think they have plans to actually do something else um, I said yeah sure you know I'll help you because you know you've been really nice to Koda for the last six seven years I think she was here and yeah I'll help like just to promote but I, I'm not into that pop up kind of be like hey this is my food because I'm, I'm now like Koda is already my food yes I yeah. don't need to do any more pop ups no I'm, I'm not yeah I'm not super super concentrated of like having my name out there it's like hey come here Should no I see what here. you're saying yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's just a, a little gig of mine <laughs> <laughs> just to help around yeah. what did you do there? Uh, so it's uh, I think what, how many courses I did I went, it's just not collab with um, not, I'm not collabing with um, Cam or um, Adrian from La Madonna. We're not, we're not, we just like every two, every fortnight we're having um, a chef each and then they put their own oh, five, five courses yeah. and then matching desserts and matching ice creams. Yeah. And then $75. Yeah. Very easy. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It was good though. Yeah. I mean, I, I got the last gig, so I, okay. saw, I saw everyone how they do it. I was like, ah. <laughs> Uh, this is too many plate ups, you know. <laughs> Come on, yeah. mine is very easy. I was like, oh. yeah, yeah. It was nice. It was fun. It was fun. And otherwise, do you get inspiration from uh, books, Instagram, going out to eat, yeah. or just from the other people in the kitchen? How does it work for you? Uh, the the first inspiration definitely from Instagram. Yeah. Um, having two kids is very hard for for us to grow out. Uh, looking at Instagrams, I can sort of mimic the flavor if it works, if it doesn't. But of course, it comes to execution of balance of the flavor. But I can sort of see like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty good. Oh yeah, that's that's shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, just keep scrolling. 
um, what's the chef in Europe is doing and then what, in, what chef in um, Southern America or what chef in America is doing. Just kind of like see what's the trend, what people trend nowadays. I think keeping the trend, Instagram is a very good source of information. Um, definitely giving the, um, for the last two years, I have, I, have, I have been stepping back a bit into just me making dishes. I want my chef to start to have an idea of like putting their dishes on the menu with definitely I definitely with um the sous chef and I to kinda of be like, okay, yes that's that's the improvement and that's not. So that gives that's how I got taught from Adam to say like, hey, let's bring something out from the team instead of the head chef doing all the all the works in making dishes. And it's all about a team collab. Like, mm. It has to be one hundred percent of a team it has to like it. And what can we improve? And um, what can we, what can we take something out, or what can we add it? It's not, it's not just every time I make some dish. It's not about just me. And but I, I find that's good. Let's set, let's make it into the menu. So yeah. it has passed through all level of chefs, apprentices, um, chef party, sous chefs. I'd have to be like, oh yeah, this is good chef. Let's do it. I think. And when I did that. So when they're gonna do the food that I create, they feel like oh, this is the one I say yes to. So they have to be more respect to that instead sure. of like I make it, and then they don't like it. By the time they put it on a plate, it's half, half, half-hearted. So it's not, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be tasty anyway. Yeah. That's what I think. So That's everyone good. has to like it. That's right. Yeah. Then they're all invested. Correct. They're yeah. all invested because like they say yes to it. And I was like, oh, if one of them say no, I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, like. I can I can take that, but I think ninety percent say yes. You know, like ninety percent of the dish that we're gonna make, it's gonna be the ninety percent of what you want it to be. Yeah, I'm not chasing the hundred percent. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Wise. Yeah. Wise. It's 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 impossible. I'm not. I'm. I try to be perfect, but I'm not trying to be that perfection of the of the dishes. <laughs> yeah. And with all that in mind, um, what would your advice be to someone who was thinking about becoming a chef? Ooh. Um, learn the basic. Don't chase the money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't chase um, fame. Um, tradition stays, but the tradition and technique stays, but the um, the what do you call it the. The trend will get forgotten. Always. That's what I think. Mm. So I'll keep telling the chef like learn, learn the basic really well, learn the techniques um, really really well. Um, I know that the trend of um, I'm not saying Nordic Nordic cuisine, but you can go to any cuisine that you like, but stay true to the cuisine instead of moving to another um, restaurants stay to that and then learn the techniques and then you you get to the you get you get to get really really good in that technique and flavor and people will come back anyway yeah that's what i think that's what it shows yeah instead of learn the trends looking at normal cookbook and stuff and it will pass yeah you know normal's not gonna be there they just announced they're not gonna be there forever yeah they're gonna close anyway yeah yeah but it's just that Stay true to the techniques, like what you're really, really good at. Um, yeah, just keep keep doing that, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. people, you, you will probably get recognition. Yeah, yeah. yeah people yeah, come back. Like yeah, yeah. Be patient. Yeah.
There you go. Be patient. Oh, be Perfect. patient. Yeah. <laughs> be patient. Yeah. Don't rush. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I Thank think you, it's Joe. great. No problem. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Hendry Budderman. You can check out all the goodness on Instagram at Coda Melbourne. And if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com and I would love it if you told a friend about my chats. You can, of course, follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts or, in fact, wherever you listen to podcasts. But thanks again for listening and have a great day.